This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, the bond between man and dog is well established. But one man's story is just a little bit different. His dog story involves the White House and a trip into space. This is The Backstory. presence of your dog, it seems troubles are momentarily forgotten. Stress subsides and defenses are down. It's true for people, regardless of age. It's true of dogs, regardless of breed. It's been a special relationship for thousands and thousands of years. And I just love dogs. Mark Bruce has a special relationship with his dog, a mutt named Midget. Matter of fact, I think the first words out of my mouth were, I, can I have a dog? And I did. Midget was my best friend. We did everything together, and she loved to play ball, and so she was my playmate. She had hops. I mean, she could jump like like nothing. Mark grows up on a farm in Missouri with a big backyard where all the kids would get together to play baseball. In the summer of 63, it's like any other backyard ball game, and Mark gets a great pitch to hit. And that leads us to that very dark day. Can you describe what happened? I can't, and it's, it's still etched in my memory. It's just one of those things that you, you can never forget. Everybody would come over to our house to play baseball. The ball was coming for me, and it was the perfect pitch for me to hit it over the fence. And so I took my best stand usual stance and swing. At the same time, Midget comes running up behind me to jump up to catch the ball because she thinks the ball's for her. At the same time, I'm swinging. I hit her in the head as she's catching the ball, and I kill her right in front of me. I mean, I killed the very thing that I loved. How did you and your family cope with that? I would imagine in the early 1960s, it was very different than, than maybe it would be today. Well, I, I, I just screamed and cried for a week. I, I, we didn't have therapy. We didn't have, you know, child psychologist. I, I would have had those resources today and probably needed them. But all I did was cry. Some of these are, were family members, relatives. About a week later, he comes up with an idea. He writes a letter to the White House. And what I said was, I killed my dog. Can I have one of yours? The backstory begins August 19, 1960. The Soviets send two dogs, Strelka and Belka, into space, the first living beings to orbit the Earth and return safely. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. 
Leading up to his inauguration, John F. Kennedy is eager to engage the Russians. He was advised actually by some of his close advisors that uh, let, let's wait a little bit, but no, he made that a very high priority early on in his administration. And his strategy was to he thought that he could really charm the Russians. Just his personality and his ability to, to talk to people. He realized after the fact that he had really gotten himself in over his head. While her husband conferred with President de Gaulle, Mrs. Kennedy escorted by... But at the Vienna summit, First Lady Jackie Kennedy seems to save the diplomatic day. Jackie was the star of the Vienna summit conference. She really saved face for the administration. And so in the Grand Ballroom in the Schönbrunn Palace, which is where they held all the, the events of that summit conference, Jackie's seated next to Premier Khrushchev. And there's kind of a lull in conversation, kind of an awkward moment. And of course, Jackie was the master of dealing with those kind of situations. And everybody was just like talking about the space pups. Strelka had just had a litter of pups. And so she turned to Khrushchev and she says, oh, you must give me one of those space pups. And she really was not very serious about it. They already had a dog in the White House, and that was Charlie. You know, everybody had a little bit of a chuckle. And until two weeks later, they're back in Washington. The Soviet ambassador shows up at the White House with this little white dog as a gift of state to the Kennedy family. The space puppy, or Pupnik, is named Pushinka, who arrives at the White House to meet the first dog, Charlie. And so Charlie falls in love with Pushinka a couple of years later, and they have a litter of pups. And that brings us back to Mark's letter that same year. In time, the Kennedys realize they have too many dogs, so they decide to have an essay contest to give the pups away. Mark hears a story on the radio, sends in his letter, and the letter is entered into the contest. The FBI is coming around our neighborhood. They're interviewing all of our neighbors, swearing them to secrecy, asking them about, hey, has this boy killed any other animals? What's this family really like? And if you tell anybody that we've talked to you, we're gonna send you to prison. Wow. And so, you know, clearly they were vetting me. They get a call from the White House. Of course, when the president calls and offers to give you something, you don't say no. You know, we were a Midwestern Protestant family. My parents were Republicans in terms of how they would vote. And here the Kennedys were this elite, East Coast, very wealthy, Democratic family. There couldn't be more differences between the two of us, other than the fact that we loved dogs. Surrounded by press, the dog arrives by plane in Columbia, Missouri. It was a feel-good story uh, about a boy and a dog. That was me getting Streaker out of the crate at the plane side. Yeah, I received Streaker uh, about two or two and a half months after I accidentally killed Midget. Mark sends a thank you letter to the White House, and Jackie Kennedy sends him a three-page handwritten response. And she ends her letter by saying, please stay in touch because we'll really be interested in knowing how everything turns out. They all plan to meet in January 1964, after the Kennedys' trip to Dallas.
This is just a picture of me. This is about a year or two after I got Streaker. Streaker was a great pet. He was everything and more than what Midget was to me. You know, I think there was always kind of this awareness of we've got to really take care of Streaker, both from our entire family, but I think I kind of had that sense too. And this is Streaker kind of grown up. Years go and, uh, by. Streaker sires three puppies. Mark offers one to the Kennedys. Jackie writes me back this kind of an amusing letter basically describing, you know, their household and all the pets they've got and how John would love to make every stray in New York City his own. She says, but I think we've reached our limit and I have to decline your offer. So this is a clipping from a Japanese newspaper that... While Mark is away at college, his brother is taking care of Streaker. Somehow, one of the gates in the backyard got open and Streaker wandered out of that and wandered into the street and was hit by a car. I, of course, wrote Jackie about it and, and she provided me with tremendous comfort about this. And she wrote me back and she says, look, she says, you gave Streaker a long life and it, he was a wonderful companion and you were a wonderful companion to him. And I can't think that there was anybody that we could have given Streaker to that would have given him a better life. Mark is an emergency room physician. Despite years of correspondence with Jackie, he never meets her in person. But her gift is more than just the dog Streaker. He writes about this in his book, Jackie, a Boy and a Dog, a Warm Cold War Story. Jackie was probably the most iconic woman of the 20th century. And she had this remarkable ability to put people at ease and to make you feel important. I mean, she would thank me for writing her letters. But I see Jackie as an instrument of God's grace in my life. And you know, whenever you receive God's grace, you don't hold on to it, you pass it on. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at wgntv.com slash backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.